1 Timothy chapter number 3, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together. We're going to read the last three verses of 1 Timothy chapter number 3, verses 14 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, look what Paul says to Timothy here. He says, these things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. I'm not going to spend the time on how thou oughtest behave thyself in the house of God. I guess I'm glad that wasn't my message for this morning because I've already ruined that, how we ought to behave. No, I'm just kidding. But I do want to preach on this subject matter where he says the church of the living God and look at a few things down through here on what's so important about church. What's such the big deal? Why is church so important? And you say, well, I can tell you why it's so important, or you might be able to tell me why it's not important. We'll probably have to go back to the scriptures because I believe the Bible says otherwise. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into the scriptures. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the time that we're able to spend together this morning. Lord, our hearts have been encouraged through the testimonies, through the singing. But Lord, now we come to what I do believe is the most important part of Granite State Baptist Church, and that's when the Word of God is opened and we're able to share the Scriptures together. Thank you for all those that are joining us via the live stream, and Lord, those of us that are able to be here in person, I pray, Lord, that you'll strengthen our hearts, encourage us, challenge us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. In the day and age we live in, it seems like this question is being asked more and more. What's so important about church? Why is, why is church so important? But yet more than it being asked, and this is a sad commentary on America, but more than it being asked, it's actually being ignored. And lives are just living the opposite way without believing that church is important. We hear statements like, well, I can worship God just as well out on the lake or I can worship God just as much in the mountain. And I don't have to walk inside that building. After all, the, the church is not a building. It's a people. And I would agree with that, except in a couple cases in the Bible where it's actually referred to and uh, given reference to the actual building where we come together. But I'll go ahead and say this, and it's not in my notes, and I'll say it real quick. You cannot actually be the church without assembling together because the very definition of the word church means a called out assembly. And so you by yourself are not a church somewhere. And so we are the church when we assemble together. And many churches today, I don't believe, understand their own importance from the scriptures because if they did, I'm sure that they would be vastly different than what they are today. And I want to look at these few verses, and, and uh, listen, there is not a subject matter, maybe besides a subject matter of 
missions that we could talk on throughout the scripture that I absolutely love what the Bible has to say about the church. And we want to look at the importance of church. Now, listen, in 1 Timothy chapter number three, the apostle Paul has just completed giving the qualifications for the positions of the church of pastor or bishop and deacons. And positions are of the utmost importance and I believe ought to be treated as such and not entered into lightly or lightheartedly as we look at the subject matter of church. He then goes on to make this statement about the actual church itself. And he's telling the preacher here, Timothy, He's saying, I'm saying these things so that you know how to behave inside the church. And then says, the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. That's a very profound statement that the Apostle Paul makes to Timothy in explaining about the importance of the church. And I want to look at a few things out of this passage of Scripture this morning about the subject matter of church. Is it important? We live in a society, listen, churches become social clubs uh, all across our community and across our nation. It becomes a networking uh, ability place that people just come together. And I've said this before, there was a church where we lived previously down in Tennessee, that if you wanted your business to grow, if you wanted to expand and grow in politics, then you actually were a member of such and such a church on the other side of town, because that's where all the big business people went. And that's where they were connected and they could walk inside there. And and listen, it wasn't so much about the word of God being preached. It was about what social networking could I do in between and be able to get connected. Listen, that's not what church is all about. Church is not just a social club. It's not a status place that you come to. And and listen, I'm thankful. There is no place within 100 miles of here that I would rather say that I'm part of than Granite State Baptist Church. This is where I want to be. Hey, listen, I was excited to get up this morning, and uh, Miss Crystal and I had a had a long night, and uh, one of the girls that was in the wedding, and uh, she's already down in Philadelphia for church this morning, which means she had a 315 bus to catch this morning out of Concord. And boy, I'm thankful that I don't drive young ladies around by myself, because then it fell on my wife to get up and leave the house at 2.30 this morning to drive her down to the bus station so that I didn't have to, but I was still awake when she was leaving and then get up at 6.30, be able to get things in the van because she had to take some more to the airport that they're flying right now back down to Florida. And so it was sleep for a couple hours and wake up and then go back to sleep for a couple hours and be able to get back up. But listen, I was excited to walk into church this morning. I said, I can't wait to be able to gather together with our church family, be able to assemble together And to be able to see what God has for us, it's more than just Facebook in person. That's what church is supposed to be, more than just a social media site and connection. So I will say this, if you're just looking for a a social connection, uh, our church family is a whole lot more than that. Our church family is a, a family that prays together. 
Our church family is a family that labors together, that we hike together, we fish together, we fellowship together. Hey, when we're on vacation, can I say this? When I was over in the Holy Land and over in Israel back in August, the number one people I was texting and communicating with was our church family. It's who my friends are. It's our church family. And that's what a church ought to be more than just a building on the side of the road, but a family that gets together. And I could advertise our church all day long, but those that are regular at Granite State Baptist Church, you know our church family. But I want you to see the importance of what it is in the scriptures more than just our personal testimonies that we can give to us. In these few verses, let me give you a few things. First of all, I want you to see that church is important because the possession of who the church belongs to. And he says it here twice in verse number 15. He says that thou oughtest behave thyself, first of all, in the house of God which is the church of the living God. Do you understand that the church, the true church today, it does not belong to me and it does not belong to you, but it is his church. And he did not say that this is the house of Peter Chamberlain, but this is the house where Peter Chamberlain comes to worship and to be able to spend time in the church. He didn't say that it's the church of the living and name some other entity that's out there, but the church belongs to Almighty God. The house of God, the church of the living God. We start erring when we start beginning to think that, listen, that this church is mine and I will have it run how I see fit. May I say that that belief is detrimental on this side of the pulpit and on that side of the pulpit. We understand that the church belongs to God. After all, the Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church, isn't he? Now, I have no problem whatsoever assuming my role as the pastor that someone, as the Bible says, needs to take oversight of the church. And I have no problem letting you know that the pastor of Granite State Baptist Church is standing before you this morning. I had a talk with the Lord this morning. He's still perfectly fine with me being the pastor. You may be sitting there saying, well, he didn't tell me that this morning. <laughs> Make sure you're talking to the living God, by the way, okay? Because he's, he, he's not going to send different messages. And as I look down through the scriptures, listen, the possession of who the church belongs to, we're reminded of this. If you want to turn back there with me in Matthew chapter number 16, we're reminded in Matthew chapter number 16 where Jesus said, after the great truth that was mentioned when he asked the disciples there, whom do men say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And verse number 18, Jesus said, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I remind us he's not talking about Peter being that rock that 
that the church was going to be built upon, but he was speaking of the rock and the foundation of the truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But I don't want to necessarily look at that truth this morning except what Jesus said that he would build my church. That's what Jesus said. The church belongs to him and he will build the church, the possession of who it belongs to. But then can I say this while you're right there in Matthew chapter 16, why is the church important? Not just because of the possession of who it belongs to, but what we just read here, the promise to build it. Do you understand as I look throughout the scripture, and listen, you may be able to find one, but in Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. He gives the promise there. Now, as I look throughout the scriptures, can I remind us now, you may be able to go find something, okay? I don't see anything else in the scriptures that Jesus promised to build. You say, well, we can talk about the family. Yes, he, he, he established the family. I believe that. We understand. Get back to Proverbs. He said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I mean, getting Psalms. They labor in vain that build it. But Jesus never said, I'll build the family. Now, we need to have Christ at the center of everything, and he's given us the instruction manual on how to see families built today. But Jesus did say this, I will build my church. He takes a personal vested interest into making sure that his church is going to be built. You say, well, maybe I'm part of a church that, that, that Jesus just isn't building. I'll let you just sit on that one for a little while. It's the only thing I see that Jesus promised to build. You say, how much does he love the church? Now understand this, Ephesians chapter number 5 how many of y'all, how many, how many husbands love Ephesians chapter number five? <laughs> Ephesians chapter number five, down around verse number 25, gives the instructions to the husband that says that husbands ought to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Do you understand that's only the second thing in the scriptures that the Bible says that Jesus loved enough to die and give himself for? The first one is the sinner. We see it in John chapter 3, verse number 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. We understand Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. We understand Christ loved the sinner enough to be able to die for him. But in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 25, we see that Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. He promised to build it. He has a vested interest in it. You say, well, and let me, let me go ahead and, and insert this right here because some are sitting back saying, well, in Matthew chapter 18, it says where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst and we can just go to the house and we can have church back at the house. You ought to do good to understand the context of scripture while you're pulling one verse out. 
Do you understand Matthew chapter number 18 when you get down there? And yes, the Bible says, for where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst. Do you understand the verses preceding that is actually talking about the restoration and reconciliation of believers that have been found and approached because of sin. That's what the context of Scripture is, is that if you see a brother in sin, if I see Brendan right here and he's in the middle of sin and I go to him and I say, Brendan, this isn't right. This is against the Scripture. You need to get things right. And he said, oh, pastor, go pack sand somewhere. I mean, it don't matter. And I'm going to continue on with what I want to do. You know what my responsibility is? Go get two or three more. And say, all right, we're going to come back over here and say, all right, Brendan, because we care about you and we want to see you live right, we're coming together. And listen, the goal is that he humbles himself and repents and gets things right. And it says, listen, because we're two or three are gathered together, boy, God's in the midst. God's meeting right there with us, trying to get him reconciled and be able to do things that are right. That's what Matthew chapter 18. Don't take Matthew 18, where two or three are gathered and say, you can go have church out on the mountain. That's not what Matthew 18 is speaking of. That's not church. Church is the called out assembly as we come together. And Jesus has said, hey, listen, I'll build my church. He has stepped up and volunteered and puts the effort into it. The importance of church today. Don't ever get past saying, I don't need church. Don't ever say, I don't, I don't need that family down there. I was asked over the past couple weeks. This is one of the statements someone put on Facebook, one of their pastor's most used statement, I believe, this week. I read them. Now I'm watching everything I say when I'm in behind the pulpit. There's about 18 things on there, and I said, can't be the most used if there's 18 things on there, okay? I think they said... Let me just be transparent. I was asked over the past couple of weeks, they said, what's the, one of the hardest things you faced over the past 10 years of being a pastor? And I said, probably one of the hardest things, I said, is when someone says, I'm done, and they walk away from the church. That's not, I understand some of the reasons. Most just slip on out. I respect those that will come look me in my eyeball and say, hey, you've messed up. You're not good. You're not a good enough pastor, and I'm moving on. That's one of the hardest things, no matter whether they say it to me or don't say it to me. I said, when they walk away, I said, what they're saying by their actions, Pastor, you can't help us anymore. And I said, for the heart of a pastor, for them to walk away and say, you can't help us anymore. I don't need the church. I don't need you. And I said, don't need you in my life. You say, have they said that to you? And yes, they have, but most of it's in actions. I've never gotten past the fact that I need the church. Do you understand before I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian. And I need the church. And we need each other. And it's the one thing that the Bible says that Christ will build is the church. And I'm so thankful for that. Listen, the possession of who it belongs to, but then the promise to build it, but then look at this with me back over in 1 Timothy chapter number 3. This is where I'd love to take the next hour, but I'm not going to. 1 Timothy chapter number 3, how he closed out, yes, it is the house of God, which is the church 
of the living God. But then this last phrase, I want you to see the prominence that it promotes. The pillar and ground of the truth. Do you understand that the church, as what the Bible says, is the pillar and ground of truth? You say, I don't need the church. I don't need to be involved in the church. Do you understand what the pillar and ground is? Listen, if you go back and study, I'll deal with this word ground first. Now, that's not saying that it's the foundation because Christ is the foundation. We understand this. He's the chief cornerstone. The disciples were the foundation. Church is being built. Do you understand what the ground is? We're not talking about an electrical. It says the ground, go back and look at it in, in Webster's Dictionary, says the, the fundamental cause, the primary reason or original principle, and then here's the next definition, first principles. You say, what is that when we look at the church being the ground? What is it? The first principles, the primary reason of truth. Don't put your hand up because I, I think just about every hand would have to go up. How many of y'all are sick of fake news? <clears throat> I'll include every one of them in there. I take about everything I hear coming down through there with a grain of salt. And I'm thinking, I, I believe only the Lord knows the, the, the truth of everything that's going on. But if you believe more of what's going on in this world than you do hearing the word of God preached inside of a church, there's something wrong. Now, I understand there's churches that have gotten away from this book. I understand there's churches that, listen, you may have been on your way to, to, to go visit one this morning. I don't know. But there's churches around us, I'm told, that they don't even open a Bible. Listen, my opinion's not worth it to you to come spend an hour. What I think... That's not going to change you and save your soul for all of eternity. It's not going to. You say, well, what do you have for us? All I've got is a book that I follow. That's all I've got is a Bible. It's been given to me. And listen, we are the ground. This is our first principles. This is the framework. This is the primary reason and original principle. That's what the church is supposed to be. But not just the ground, but he also calls the church the pillar. So do you understand? You know what a pillar is. It's a structure that supports or exalts something. Do you know what the church is supposed to be? We're supposed to be the anchor and the exalter of truth. It should not be a question. Walking inside of a true Bible church, it ought not to be a question when the book is open that you're getting truth. Do you know why it is, and, and I can't name all the churches around us that don't open a Bible, I don't know. I know there's some across this country, I, I get it, I, I, I've watched some of the same things, but listen, if you get your, your, your church, if it's just off some television screen, and they never even stand up there and open up a Bible, I'd be real careful about what you're listening to. Understanding it's supposed to be the pillar and the ground of truth. Now, I say it's supposed to be, 
The Bible calls the church is the pillar, the pillar and ground of truth. Now, I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for the building God's given to us, but I'm thankful for the families that God has filled his building with. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I would not trade who is here at Granite State Baptist Church. You say, well, do you, do you have some that are around here? Hey, listen, get around enough. You'll actually find someone crazier than me. <laughs> I will say this. You won't find someone who loves being at Granite State Baptist Church any more than me. But you won't find anyone more dedicated to saying, we're going to stay with the pillar as the pillar and ground of truth. We need the church. It's necessary. Listen, if you say, I can, I can get by without it, you don't understand the importance of the church. I believe every Christian, every Christian needs a Bible, needs a pastor, needs a church. I believe that 100%. They're gifts from the Lord. God's given them to us. The importance of church, it's the anchor, the exalter of truth. You say, Pastor, I've just never heard anything like this. I've not gone outside this book one bit this morning. This is the importance of it. You say, I've never heard that before. But sit down and read it together. See what the Bible says. It's what the Bible says. It's what we need. Now, what is that truth? Here's the second whole half of the message. What's the truth? What, what are we supposed to be preaching? What are we supposed to be exalting? What's supposed to be our anchor? Yes, it's the word of God. I'll start with this, the message of salvation. I believe that we need to be with the truth that Jesus loves sinners and that Jesus loved them so much that he died for them, was buried and rose again. And guess what? He's coming again to be able to get us coming again. I joked all week long. In fact, it was about 10 till one yesterday. I was standing out there in the foyer. Harrison was standing off to the side. I said, Hey, listen, I said, I don't know if it was the Lord. I said, but I heard something about Jesus coming back at 125. <laughs> I'll see what I can do to expedite this. At least get that first kiss in. I said, before the Lord comes back, he said, let's see what we can do. Okay. He said, I talked to him. He's not coming back till later. <laughs> Hey, listen, we ought to be, Lord's coming back. We need to be about the message of salvation. We need to be letting people know Jesus loves them. We need to be letting them know, hey, Jesus died for them. And if you're here today and listen, you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. Can I say you've come to the right place because the Bible has truth. And the Bible has truth that it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ that a difference can be made in your life for all of eternity. Can I say the truth about salvation? But then listen, the truth about how we're supposed to live. How many get tired of someone else trying to tell you how to live your life? I read something this week and, and uh, I appreciate it. How many get tired? I mean, you got, you got Facebook authorities that are out there. I asked someone this past week, they said, hey, such and such a day has been proclaimed as national such and such a day. Now, that sounds great. I looked over at him, I said, who proclaimed it that? <laughs> oh, I, I have no idea. I mean, I was part of national hot dog and root beer float day. <laughs> I'm in on that. I mean, that's a proclamation. We proclaimed it two or three times that year. And uh, I mean, but it's only as good as the authority that it comes with. 
But I said, we got a, we got a Bible. I said, listen, I don't go to Facebook to figure out how I'm supposed to live my life. You know what just bugs me? And I'm done preaching. If you need to leave, I'm done. <laughs> you, know, you know what bugs me? How, how many get tired of these things on Facebook you roll down through? If you love Jesus, you'll click like and share. I'm like, really? My, my whole test on whether I'm a faithful Christian is whether I share that on Facebook. Seriously, that's what you've got. Let's go to 1 John and I'll give you a litmus test for whether you love Jesus or not, okay? Rest assured, if you put that on Facebook, if you love Jesus, you'll do that. I'm scrolling on by. And it's just out of principle. Whether I agree with it or don't agree with it, I'm scrolling on by just out of principle. I've got a book right here that tells me how I'm supposed to live my life. And we're supposed to be exalting this. It is the church that promotes the preeminence of the Word of God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Let's make sure what we're telling people is truth. Is truth. Not my opinion, not your opinion. You say, Pastor, that's, that's just mean. No, it's not mean. I want to be hold to the sta- held to the standard of truth. And I believe every one of us need to be held to the standard of truth and with a pillar and ground of truth. That's what we are as the church of the living God. Do you understand the position that God's given to us as His church? Now, yes, I do take this seriously. I do. The church. You say, wow, I never realized church was that important. It is that important. I've heard the statement, read the statement. It's not just a social organization that you belong to, but it's a family that you're part of. It's the family of God. And boy, I'm thankful for it. Let me ask you something. On a scale of 1 to 10, if you had to give yourself a grade this morning, on how important is the church to you? Where would you be? Would we have to say, well, if my job takes me out of it, and I'm not talking mandatory, I'm, well, I can take it or leave it, I'm part of this, and if I, if, whatever. If I'm there, I'm there. If I'm not, I'm not. It don't matter. I don't even need to keep up with it. I'll show up when I want to. I'm glad the Lord gave the promise. I'll build my church. The importance of the church. Where would you have to honestly grade your reception, your attitude towards the church of the living God, the house of God? Would we say, boy, it's right up there at a 8, 9, or 10? Or would we have to say maybe a 3 or 4? If I got time for it, I'm glad God doesn't say that to us. Well, if I got time for the church, I'll take care of them. But I'm thankful for the importance of the church. What's so important about church? The possession of who it belongs to. It's the house of God. It's the church of the living God. It's His promise to build it. But then what we promote as a church is truth. And we're supposed to be the pillar and the ground of truth. That's not in a prideful way. That's just the commission that God's given to us, the importance of the church.